Nvidia's flagship GPU isn't as fast as Nvidia thought, kinda told us it would be. Also, YouTube wants to start charging you for 4K, and the PlayStation 5 is jailbroken. Let's get into the hot news, everybody. I'm your Brett host. We're gonna be going over the hottest tech news I can find on the internet while you enjoy your breakfast. And before we jump into the news, got a couple of housekeeping things that I need to discuss with you all. Number one, we've got meme review coming up on Twitch tomorrow. So in case you wanna submit your tech memes for that, you can do so over at our subreddit, which is gonna be the top link in the video description. <clears throat> My editor put it in the top link so that you can participate in us roasting your tech memes. Number two, we are going to TwitchCon, which means tomorrow I will actually be getting on a flight to head there. We are gonna be covering that and we're gonna be doing live streams on that over on Twitch. So if you wanna join us there, follow us on Twitch for all of that and all of the points that you earn from watching us for TwitchCon will go towards the giveaways that we're gonna be doing for the Cannonball for the Cure charity stream, which I've already talked about how before the Cannonball, we're gonna be giving away my Ioneo Air, which we covered in a video right up there recently. But in case you wanna know what the rest of the giveaways are looking like, this is not an officially confirmed 100% list. There's gonna be more added soon to come, but we will have my PS5 that I'm giving away, my RTX 3090 Ti. We're gonna be giving away my i9-12900KS. We're gonna be giving away my RX 6950 XT. We are gonna be giving away a Ryzen 5 7600X with a 6650 XT system. We're gonna be giving away an ASRock monitor, which we just did a recent video on. We're gonna be giving away a BenQ gaming projector worth about $1,500, and we're gonna be giving away this system right here. There will be more giveaways added to that, but that's the raw list of things that we're gonna be giving away during the cannonball to help cure my son's rare disease. And so if you wanna start earning points to redeem towards that, you can go watch us on Twitch. Again, for meme review for TwitchCon, while you're watching us, you're earning points towards that. It would be appreciated if you could help support us in that. And in case you want something before the cannonball starts, which again, that date is October 21st. In case you wanna win something before that, the INEO Air is the pre-cannonball giveaway. But again, there's gonna be a ton that I'm giving away during the actual event. And now let's talk about the event of the RTX 4090, which is launching in just about a week. And now we're getting our first benchmarks out about it. Just not in the NVIDIA showed us these benchmarks, which one of the things that NVIDIA promoted with their RTX 4090 is the fact that it will do two to four times the performance of the 3090. And uh, if you look at these CUDA benchmarks, it's, it's not quite there. However, that doesn't mean it sucks. So this is coming on a test system with a Ryzen 9 7950X. It also has 32 two gigs of DDR5 6000 memory. And you can see in the CUDA performance here, which is the test that they did. So that's testing an NVIDIA specific feature. So this won't be compared to something like the RX 6950 XT. The CUDA performance came in with a score of 424,000 points. That's the RTX 4090's performance. If you compare that to something like the 3090 Ti, what we find is that it's 60% faster than that and 77.5% faster than the RTX 3090. So not a two to four times performance uplift like Nvidia is trying to show us in here. However, it's actually a pretty still good generational leap over the previous generation. 60 to 70% generation on generation is still respectable, but it's not quite matching up with what Nvidia is putting out there. And considering that the price point is only increasing a little bit, getting 70% better performance. And it, like it's, this is a weird market, right? Like Nvidia is definitely doing weird shady marketing things. It's just, 
The cards likely aren't gonna be that bad. However, you also have to consider that like the this score for the CUDA stuff is not directly one-to-one -one compared. Like you're not gonna get 70% better performance in video games. That's not what CUDA necessarily will scale to, but it's gonna be a decent uplift. It's not gonna be like it was from the 1080 Ti to the 2080 Ti, where it was a barely noticeable jump where you also had a $500 price hike. This does seem like there are in improvements that NVIDIA's made but they're also trying to push their next generation technology with DLSS 3. It's just, it's coming in the weirdest marketing and Nvidia saying that Moore's Law is dead so that they can justify higher prices. They're selling the RTX 4070 and charging $900 for it. It's just like, it's a weird, very bad generation. Uh, that's like only for the people who are gonna have a ton of money and that's just like the, Nvidia wants the margins. They don't wanna be selling to the regular consumer and the RTX 30 series is likely gonna be around for probably another year or so. But let me know what you think of only 60 to 70% performance uplift over the previous generation down below in the comments and I'll let you know what I think about an OLED gaming monitor. I would like one. We're actually gonna have a video where I'm showing off the craziest gaming monitor that I've ever seen, but LG is starting production on their 27-inch WOLED panels this month, which should start coming to their own products sometime early next year, likely being shown off at CES, but it looks like we are getting closer to more mainstream consumer desktop OLED gaming monitors, which I would. On the one hand, I want that contrast ratio. On the other hand, I am very considerably worried about burning from a taskbar over a long period of time. There are ways to mitigate it. It just would restructure how I go about actually using my computer in order to make sure that I'm taking some preventative measures against OLED burn-in, which LG and other companies have done a good job of preventing through things like pixel shifting. So it's not as bad as it used to be, but mini LEDs like not at the place where it's a perfect replacement for OLED and OLED still looks really, really good, especially after seeing the iNeo Air, which you can check that review up right there. The OLED looks flipping good and what's looking all right today is crypto stocks bitcoin up a little bit 19540 ethereum up a little bit 1316 dogecoin up a scoochie doochie to be at just six cents and reese disappointed me yesterday with no uft deals is he gonna disappoint us today hey everyone welcome back to uft deals we bring the hottest tech deals out on the internet thankfully the team red deals keep rolling in thanks to all the new product announcements but that's good news for us because first up we have the asus dual series amd radio on rx 6600 with eight gigs of gddr6 this graphics card's going for only 259 dollars and 99 cents which is 26 percent off and secondly we have the amd ryzen 7 5700g which is their eight core 16 thread cpu with integrated radio and graphics you can find this currently going for $234.71, which is 35% off. Don't forget, you can find these deals and more linked in the video description. And now I'm going to hand you off back to Brett. Cheers. I, I don't know if Reese had deals for us today, but I can be sure that it, it's 100% my fault. And I know that. And I'm sorry, Reese. I hope you forgive me. And the market might not forgive Tesla because they're just putting out cars. I don't know what that segue was. It was a bad one. Anyways, Tesla having a good quarter with them at announcing that their Q3 deliveries came out to 343,000 vehicles, which is a record for them. They've really been middling in the quarter of a million and they've broke out of it by almost 100,000 extra vehicles, which puts their run rate for this year to be over a million vehicles, which again would be a record for them. Tesla actually looking really strong on the car side of things, no longer just being profitable 
profitable because they're selling their carbon tax credits, but actually being profitable because they're selling their cars, which is what you think a car company would do. And you would think a video platform would serve you videos. And as we all know, video streaming is actually quite expensive. The data storage costs, the data delivery costs through the bandwidth is exceptionally high. And so that's why YouTube allegedly is testing out whether or not to charge you for watching videos in 4K, which we got comments that like, hey, Brett, why don't you release hot news in 4K anymore? It was never released in 4K. We've always released it in 1080p. We film it in 4K so that there's like room for punching and stuff like that, but we release it in 1080p because I presume a lot of you are listening to me anyways. But according to new tests that are popping up across the internet, the option to select 4K is now selected as a premium option, presuming that you would have to have YouTube premium in order to get that data delivery, which I'm just gonna give you my opinion on this. I'm not a fan of. I actually think that this is a, a garbage move for a couple of reasons. I've read some responses where people are like, I don't watch in 4K, like I'm on my phone. I'm only watching in 720p. Why does this matter to me? And I do get that perspective. But from my side, I do think that this is YouTube taking away a feature that they've had since 2010. We've had 12 years of them delivering this feature for free. And now they're going to start charging for it, which I just feel like is removing something from the customer instead of adding value to the customer in order to incentivize somebody signing up for their actual value in YouTube premium, which I would have the same issue with them giving you 10 unskippable ads before a video in order to incentivize you to switch to YouTube premium. It's making the user experience worse in order to drive you towards the monetization option as opposed to incentivizing you with the monetization option. And I just... I'm not a huge fan of removing a feature that's been around for a while. Also, what's not quite known is whether or not this is gonna be rolled out to all platforms. Is it only on desktop and mobile that you actually have to pay for it? And then something like a 4K TV will just natively have it. How do you differentiate between that? I, I would think if you like all, most TVs that are being sold now are some version of 4K. And so like what? Like you have to pay for, I, I just, not a fan of the choice. But one of the choices I do wanna talk about, I want you to actually give me your answer to whatever I'm gonna talk about down below in the comments because I'm genuinely curious and that is music playing at the current moment because Apple Music announcing that it now has over 100 million songs in their library, which is more than Spotify's 80 million. And this just brings up to me, there's obviously video streaming wars going on between Netflix and Disney Plus and all of that. I'm curious when it comes to the music side of things, how are you consuming music? Number one, do you pay for a subscription service like Spotify, Apple Music, Amazon Music? Do you get it rolled in with your YouTube premium subscription for YouTube music? Are you pirating your music? Are you you actually just enjoying it on vinyl, on CDs? How do you actually consume your music? What's the technology? And if you are streaming, who is your provider of choice? And why did you make that decision? Because when I hear 100 million songs, that just like, it, it doesn't even reg. I'm never gonna listen to that. I would never choose a platform based on that. However, I will say that I didn't use Apple Music when it launched because it had quite a few bands that I enjoyed not on their platform at launch. And so it does seem like the catalog expansion is necessary, but the raw number is very unimportant to me. But I wanna hear from you what you think of all of that down below in the comments. Speaking of raw numbers, let's talk about that because there's details coming out from Macworld. They're hypothesizing based on things that they're hearing behind the scenes that Apple might be launching an M2 Extreme chip to come out in the Mac Pro later this cycle. Not this year, likely sometime next year, but in the cycle of the M2 chips that just got announced. So 
So they're speculating based on the cadence and the progress of the M1 chip and what they've seen, as well as understanding that Apple is likely gonna redo the Mac Pro right now. And their speculation based on the fact that the base M2 has eight core CPU and a 10 core GPU and 24 gigs of RAM, they're proposing that the M2 Extreme would have 48 cores, 160 core GPU, and up to 384 gigs of RAM, which would be double what the M2 Ultra would be, which would be in something like the Mac Studio, and then this M2 Extreme going in the higher, higher end things like the Mac Pro. If Apple does deliver on those numbers, seeing how good of a jump the M2 was from the M1 and M2 Extreme hitting that level, like that could honestly make it so that even the best desktop chip on PC is just completely outpaced with, with those specs, especially in things that are optimized for Apple Silicon. Like that's gonna be a Banana Hammocks crazy processor. And what is Banana Hammocks is the modding scene when it comes to consoles. Because in order for consoles to be modded, you have to get like access to the firmware, which involves jailbreaking them, but you have to have an actual exploit for that. And you got companies like Sony and Microsoft paying to lock their things down. You had something like the PS Vita, which could not be modified for a very long time, then an exploit came out, but if you updated past that, it was gone. And then another exploit came out years, years later. And it's like, it, it's just a complicated thing. That's happening with the PS5 right now. There are some major restrictions for it, but this does allow for custom software to be put onto the PlayStation 5. However, this is taking advantage of a WebKit vulnerability that's being presented in it, but you have to be on firmware 4.0.3 or prior, which is the firmware from last October. So if you've used your PlayStation 5 and connected it to the internet in the last year, you are likely no longer on that, but that would likely mean that PlayStation 5s that haven't been updated from that firmware will start catching a pretty penny over on sites like eBay. However, this jailbroken PS5 allows you to get the debug menu. You can now start sideloading things. Somebody already put PT onto the PlayStation 5, which in case you're not familiar, was like the Silent Hill reboot demo teaser that came out for the PlayStation 4, never got developed into a full game. PlayStation 4s were being sold with the PT demo and catching a pretty price for that because of it. Anyways, it can be installed on the PlayStation 5, but it actually can't be run at the current moment because they haven't gotten it working where it can actually run side-loaded games, but that could be developed, especially since this is just a recent thing that's getting out there. However, while I would love to like try to explore this after my run-ins with Nintendo's legal department here on UFD Tech where they nearly took out our entire channel, I think things like jailbreaking consoles is something I'm gonna stay far away from just as far as a content reason because I can't risk my business in order to even touch that. So hopefully I'll keep you updated with like other content creators doing that, but personally, while I would love to do it and maybe I might do it in my personal time, I will not be touching it here on the UFD Tech channel. And you're not gonna touch me with your eyeballs any longer because this episode's over. See you back here on Wednesday, my friends.